Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit, in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if, by some means, now at last I may find a way and the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both you and me. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that you allow us the privilege to enter into worship of you. For you are so worthy. So Lord, we just pray your blessing be upon this time as we dig into your word and we pray that your word will speak to us. Spirit, empowering, equipping, forgiveness. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I've lost my voice. Under the age of probably 35, you have no idea what I just did. See, when we, older folks, were young, we had TV, but TV wasn't 24 hours. So you'd be at 12 o'clock, they'd have this announcement, midnight, that basically they were going off air. And what would happen is you'd get this pattern, and it did vary. Sometimes it was an American flag, sometimes it was just... It would just stand by. It would just be a blank screen, if you will. And then you would just... And that was it. That was the end of our broadcast. We have seen the Lincoln Mountain News all night. We didn't care at that time. Okay, that's not good. Still not there? We'll do it. There you go. It's that white Now, it's good. Okay. Not good. Yeah. Hey, there's my voice. <clears throat> Romans chapter 7, or chapter 1, starting at verse 7. 
to all who are in Rome. Well, who was in Rome? All these little small house churches. Wasn't a big church. To all who are in Rome, you are beloved of God. Beloved of God. You are greatly loved of God. Paul will go on to say in Ephesians, he says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, that's you, that's me, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. How great is this love? It can't be measured. How great is this love? You can't keep it away from you. How great is this love? Not only is it immeasurable, it's infinite in its volume. How great is this love? Beyond your imagination, beyond what you could actually think or do. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loved Kevin when he was staring at that screen with all that Mountain Dew in his system. God loves you. Beloved of God. Why do we keep going back here? Because it is so pivotal and so greatly misunderstood in the church that God loves you. God loves you. What do you do? Receive it. Ephesians 1.6 To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. You're accepted. Isaiah put it this way, I will mention of His loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which He has bestowed on them according to His mercies, according to the multitude of His loving kindness. For He has said, Surely they are My people, children who will not lie, so He became their Savior. Hey gang, God loves you. He's not going to love you any more tomorrow than He does right now. God loves you. Beloved of God, Paul starts off with. But then he says, Called. That root word means to call out loud, to invite, call by name. But wait a minute, back up to verse 6. Notice this. Among whom you also were called of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ called you by name. You. Not the person, just the person next to you, but you. God has called you by name. Jesus Christ has said, follow me. You. Called. To be saints, holy, separated to God, sharing God's purity, holiness. Be holy, he says, because I'm holy. Or what Paul said to Timothy, he said, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So He loves you with an eternal love, but He's called you by name, and He's called you holy. 
Can you imagine you wake up every morning and just say that? Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for calling my name, because I am so unworthy, but I accept this love. And I just ask, Lord, that the work that you're doing in me this morning will come out for your holiness and your glory and your purpose. Can you imagine that? Beloved, called, called to be saints. Now notice what he says. Grace to you. How do you enter into this truth? By his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. So what is grace and why do we talk about it? Why is Paul talking about this? It's because the understanding of something, you are not deserving of this. This is all on God's side. And see, you had, you were separated from God. Judgment was upon you. God's wrath was upon you. Why? Because gang, you know this and it's reason why it's hard for you to accept God's love. You're a sinner. You're a dirty, smelly sinner. And it's not going to get better. See, I was just talking to the young kids, the teenagers, I should say, about this. People keep thinking, if you give us more years, we'll perfect ourselves. God gave people 900 and some years in the beginning. They could not. It just got worse. It permeated their souls. Because sin only gets worse. It gets darker. So what Christ did was He came and He took all that judgment upon Himself that you and I deserve, all upon Him, your sin, God's wrath, hung on the cross, died for your sins, that the old person in you is now dead. God declares that you are dead to that. But understand something, and we'll be celebrating this soon, but it's an everyday celebration. What is it? It's the resurrection. I am born again. I have new life. It's God's Spirit now working in me all these truths. And what do I say? Oh, thank you, Lord. Give me some more. I need it every day. God's grace. But see, it's understanding something. So for us to continue in this, not only in knowing God's love, God's grace, God's called us to be saints. He's called my name. It's understanding that now I have peace. Peace. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's the relationship now God has declared for us. That those who have received His Son have now become His children. No grandchildren in His sight. All children. Doesn't matter if you're six or sixty-six. You are his child. He has no grandchildren. Isn't that wonderful? You're his child. Oh, called by name. And if you were with us last week, he's given you a new name. Isn't this wonderful? Oh, we can grasp it this morning. What a difference it will be. Not only in our lives, but the lives of those around us witnessing these truths. Let's pick it up, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. 
that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Now, see, what's interesting, they think about 49 A.D., Emperor Claudius basically kicked out the Jews, especially those that believed in Christus, which many believe that was Christ. They kicked them out. But they came back. Remember, Rome was the capital. Rome, all roads led to Rome, and Paul's thinking all roads then led out from Rome. Very key. So it's to understand that if these people came back, they are being a witness to the whole world. But interesting what? Well, Paul will actually go on to say this in chapter 5. Listen, he says, But we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, that holiness that God is working in all of us, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Hope. You have hope. I have hope. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You came back and your perseverance is being revealed throughout all the kingdom. Because of the love God has poured out in you, oh, beloved of Rome, beloved of those that are in Christ Jesus, beloved of those that have received the grace, beloved of those that walk in the peace, beloved of those that receive His love on a day-to-day basis, understanding that God's love is being poured out in you. So what were they doing? Well, remember what Jesus said? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. And then earlier he said this to them, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another, and by this will all know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another, John 13, 34, 35. We are broken people. God knows that. We're a picture. Every time God fills you up, it pours out. Now, common sense would say, fix the picture and it won't pour out. No, God wants you broken. Why? Because see, He can pour His grace in you and grace pours out. Forgiveness, forgiveness pours out. His love and love pours out. See, the problem with most of us is that we, oh God, I want to be loved. Love me. Help me to feel your love. Let me experience your love. Let me do this. Let me do that. Then God looks at it and says, I love you, so now just start loving. God, you don't understand. It's hard for me to love this person. Have you seen this person? It's hard. Love them. Because you can't ever empty out my love because it's as vast as the ocean. And it's like you're taking a little Dixie cup with the holes in it and keep pouring into the ocean and watching it leak out. And God says, have fun, because you'll be there forever. 
And that's the same thing with his love. Do you really want to sense his love and love? Love others. Especially here. Oh, would it be amazing if all Lincoln knew that the upper room is a weird people. That's just because of me. I know I'm weird. But because everybody says, wow, they really do love each other. It's weird. I mean, you walk in there and they're just like, I mean, it's real. It's it's not like they're they're forcing it. They're just loving on each other. And then they'll love you as you walk in. Let's go see these people. They're weird. They're peculiar. They're amazing. See, that is probably more unlikely what was happening here. Being persecuted and yet they loved even those who were persecuting them. Strange people. Look at verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Notice, first of all, it's constantly this good news. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's for by grace you are saved, not of yourselves. And I can't help but continue to tell you this good news because without it, there is no hope. There's no understanding of the love that God has for you. There's no peace in your heart until you come to the conclusion and understanding that there's no good in you apart from God. And it's only God who does the work. And you wonder, okay, so this stuff that's happening through Rome, the churches, those small little churches, here's part of the power source because I make mention of you always in my prayers. I pray for you constantly. Paul couldn't help it. Paul was one of those that just continued to see not only the need for the gospel to be spread, but also for those that do not know him. He had to pray for those that did know them, so that they would represent Christ in all his glory. And the need of this empty world just to be loved. And to have but only through the door of grace. But I make mention of you. Do you pray for this body? Do you pray for just the work that we're just talking about right now daily? God, have your way with this church. God, don't let loose of this church. Let your will be fulfilled in this church and through this church and through the people here. You are the church. You are the church. You are the church. Remember, Paul was the one persecuting the church. And what did the Lord say? You're persecuting me. Paul could have said, no, no, I'm persecuting that church. I don't like them. 
No, no, no. You touch them, you touch me. You are the church. You represent the upper room. When you're praying for the upper room, you're praying for yourself. And for the work that God desires to do through this church and through you. So we could all be broken pitchers that he keeps pouring and it just keeps leaking. And all the rags in the world won't stop that up because it's of God. How this world needs, actually, I say that carefully because really in a lot of places in this world it's happening. But how the Western world really needs to see the reality of Christ in you. Christ in me. Do we pray for the work that God desires to do in this church? Because He's called this to be a church. This is His will. Mine. Not Caleb's. Not yours. This is His church. Look at verse 10. Making request, if by some means... Now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. Check this out. You want to know God's will in something? Watch this. Notice this. Paul so desired to come to them. He said, making requests, I'm praying about this. I'm praying about coming to you. But then he says, if by some means, really literally that means if by any means. Would you ever say that? God, your will be done by any means? Because that's what he says. In your will. I'm praying for this to happen by any means according to your will, how you want to see it happen. Did it happen for Paul? Yeah, as a prisoner. How's that? Not really what I had in mind, Lord. I was kind of hoping for a cruise ship, not a ship that I'm in chains. But see that, again, it was just the openness of spreading the good news of God's love. And it's not dependent, oh please hear this, it's not dependent, oh if we could all grasp this, it's not dependent on your circumstances. That's how we base God's love so much. It's not happening the way I want it to, so this must mean God doesn't love me. I've got this bad news from the doctor, this must be God doesn't love me. I'm struggling at work because this boss is always yelling at me. Therefore, God must not love me. No. It doesn't change from the fact, again, beloved, of God's love for you and God's love for me. Because there's good news. That we are loved with a love that's eternal. It can't be measured. That you can't really separate yourself from. That you can't fathom. It's wonderful. And he's called you by name to embrace the love of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it amazing? Amazing grace, amazing love, and amazing God. Let's go on. Look at verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. 
John MacArthur says that spiritual gift referring to any kind of divinely empowered spiritual benefit he could bring to the Roman Christians. Whether it's by preaching, teaching, exhorting, comforting, praying, guiding. Hey folks, in other words, however the Holy Spirit would use him. However you want to use me, Lord. I just want to go there. I want to help establish what you desire to do, which means to strengthen, make firm. How firm a foundation. In fact, in Ephesians, he would say, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. See, Paul didn't want to go there just to say, Hey, it's me, Paul, the Apostle. Apostle Paul. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I love you. I'm here to, hey, I'm here. Isn't that? Now we're going to have uh, classes. Uh, first, we're going to talk about my journeys, my struggles. And then uh, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about me when I was younger. <laughs> uh, my interactions with Peter and James and all those other guys. It's all going to be fun, guys. So bring your lunches. Bring your kids. No. Yeah. Paul says, I long to be with you so that I could be some of use to you. As the Holy Spirit would desire, I so want to see you be established and grow because it's so important for you to get a firm foundation. Because you get this firm foundation, it's Rome. And, and again, all roads lead to Rome, but then all roads lead out of Rome. And Christ's name will be glorified. Christ's name will be established throughout the kingdom. That He is the Savior of the world. See, so many times we, we, we come to church and we, we think about the gifts that we have rather than just saying, Lord, use me in however you see fit. Because see, again, it's the picture. See, it's always the picture. Remember that you're broken, but God likes you that way because you're humble this way. And so that He can say, okay, serve. Serve, just serve, and then it pours out. And then God says, oh, you were so faithful in that. Great. Now I can trust you to do this, that you stay broken. Now you can, you can do this, that I can pour in that service, and it pours out again. Great. You're faithful in that. Now let's move you over here, because I want to trust that you're not going to ever seal the brokenness so I can keep pouring out. Oh, if we'd all get this. Lord, how do you want me to you be served serve here at the upper room? You do it, Lord, whatever it is. What are you leading me to do? I'll do it, Lord. I don't care. If they need help setting up chairs, I'll be there. After the service, I help take down the chairs. God sees it. It's not about me seeing it. It's not about Caleb seeing it. It's not nobody seeing it. It's God pouring into you going, oh, check that out. So-and-so is serving me. He's shown himself faithful in this little thing. Unto my body, the church at the upper room. Amazing. Look at verse 12. 
That is that I may be encouraged together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. Read that again. Remember, this is the Apostle Paul. That is that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Paul, in all his use of God, needs people. He needs others. Later on, when he's coming to the end, he says to Timothy, be diligent as he's in prison, about ready to die. Come to me quickly. Then he talks about those that have left, and then he says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark, you know, the one that abandoned him on his first journey. But now he's like, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very helpful to me. Paul needs people. But not just any people. He needs other believers. See, towards the end of this epistle, he'll say this, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Some people, and it's amazing, we don't, we will not have a problem with Paul because Paul wrote a lot of New Testaments. You can't take Paul out because what that does is you're having more of a weak theological New Testament. Paul expounds on what Christ taught. Puts it down on the ground so the church would understand. Like the lesson we're learning now. Broken pitcher, pour in, God pours out. So understanding that, Paul, again, could say, Hey, I'm Paul. I'm coming to Rome so that you may not only look at my robes, but you can give me honor. No. Paul said, I need you. This is hard. We're all broken pitchers. We're all used differently, but in God's eyes, we're all the same. I'm nothing better than you. This is the ministry God has given to me. But I need you not only to be used by God, but also so you can refresh me. That you can encourage me. I need you just as you need me. We need each other. Don't isolate yourself. You need to come here and so do I. Do you know you encourage me? You refresh me? Of course you know that. We encourage each other. We refresh each other. You're needed here. You're needed here. Somebody needs to hear your words of encouragement. Or maybe just your listening ear. Maybe just a heart that's sensitive. None of us are an island to ourselves. That word encouragement means to be comforted, to be exhorted, to be picked up and strengthened with others, bonded together. 
This is a powerhouse, if you will. Why? Because, see, the world's dark. There's a lot of bad things that happen out there. But that's what God wants to do, is send us out there. God has an understanding. He knows us because He created us. We need each other. We're a community. We need to be used by God, yes, but comforted, encouraged, strengthened, so that when we walk out those doors, the world's going to see something. That world is going to see people that then Christ has poured into, and they can't help but pouring out on others. You are the light of the world. How does that light get inflamed? How does it soar? It's by us igniting one another. It's about us looking at each other saying, you're not alone, I'm with you. I'll be praying for you. And actually, if you will, it's just like, Paul says later, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. See, I go through a lot of my stress and my struggles, not just for God to teach me of how much He loves me and how much He is faithful to me and how He'll see me through whatever struggle or burden I'm going through, but also so that He would use me in the life of somebody else that has similar struggles. God uses everything in our life for His purpose. Nothing is wasted. You see, for Paul to say this, then there must be some understanding in this. First of all, that there's going to be discouragement. None of us get out of this world without discouragement. None of us get out of this world without something sad or bad happening. I need you to lift me up when I'm down. Just as you need me to lift you up when you're down. It's going to happen. It's needed by all. So many people have that tendency to go hide when they have a wound. But here, no. Your wound is shared. Your wound is my wound. Your pain is my pain. Just as your joy is mine. Encouragement is contagious. Are you encouraged this morning? Are you? Oh, let's go back. You are so loved. In fact, let's call it this way. Notice these facts. Number one, you were called by name by Jesus Christ. Number two, you are loved by God. Period. Number three, 
You are saved by His work and by grace. Nothing you did except, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. God sees you in Christ as being holy and righteous. You know what he says? So act like it's the truth. Remember, those are facts. So act like it. You're loved. You're holy. You are called by name. Stop waiting for something magic or powerful to happen. God just says, do you accept this? Do not act like it. We get an opportunity. It's one of the wonderful things about communion. It's one of the ways that we can say, yes, Lord, I love you. I love you for all that you've done. All that you're going to do and all that you are doing right now in my life, I thank you. As the worship group comes up, let's pray and then let's go in this part of the service. Father, we just thank you for the truth that we heard this morning. My prayers for each of us, Lord, that we truly would act upon it. God, I pray that all of us would just have that picture that's waiting constantly to be poured in by you. Holes in it all with humility and faith. We trust you in all these things, that it is completely your work. Lord, I pray that you would pour into the upper room so that it would pour out. That forgiveness would be here. That grace would be here. That your love would be here. That your peace would be here. That your joy would be here. That everything that you desire to be here would continue to be revealed in our lives as we encourage one another. Lord, we just pray as we come into this part of the service that, Lord, if there are sins that we need to ask for forgiveness, Lord, that we would come before you asking forgiveness with also the understanding of the fact that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. You forgive us. Help us just to accept it. And, Lord, as we partake of the bread, let us remember that you took our punishment upon you. As we drink of the the grape juice, the blood has been poured on us. We are sanctified. We are holy. We are made new. And all this reveals the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. said, When the hour had come, he sat down, the twelve apostles with him, and then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. 
It's interesting that Jesus Christ desired to be with His disciples before He suffered and He died. How much so do we need each other? And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. All the punishment you deserve is represented in this cracker. Got it? Lord, we just thank you again for what you did, taking our punishment upon you, taking our sin upon you, taking the wrath of a just God upon yourself. Lord, there's no words that we can give. There's nothing else we can truly say. Thank you. Let's partake. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. He gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day that I will drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Yes, I'm going to die. I'm going to die for you. My blood's going to wash your sins away for eternity. You're going to be brand new. So brand new that I will see you in my Father's house where sin cannot dwell. You will not be sinners anymore. You will be completely holy. Lord, we just thank you for the truth again as we come before you that we hold a cup that represents the washing away and the born again of each of us. Because again, what you did, and it truly is for by grace are we saved, receiving this gift that truly we do not deserve. From a God who doesn't need us, but loves us so much, that He gave to die for us to live forever with Him. Lord, again, there's nothing else we can say but say thank You. Let us partake. Paul was going to go on to say this in chapter 12, verse 5 of Romans. He said, so we being many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. 
connected for all eternity. Thank you.